Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and we are about to bid adieu to 2022. As always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and tonight, I join you to just look back, think back, and discuss, and kind of just reflect on the year that was 2022, what kind of RPGs I played, what I thought about the ones that released, what ones I didn't really like. There was definitely a lot of a mixed bag this year, full of remasters and remakes and brand new IPs. It was a pretty strong year, I believe. Well, in my opinion, anyway. But, but let's take it month by month and just kind of reflect back on what I played and also what you all may have played during this past year. So, as always, we'll start at the beginning. So we'll start back in January of 2022. A lot of... There weren't too too many really worthwhile or uh, notable releases in January. It was a bit of a slow start to a year that would go on to see quite some heavy hitters and some bangers, but no doubt the biggest release of January, hands down, was Pokemon Legends Arceus, which released on January 28th of that month on the Nintendo Switch. Now, love it or hate it, to test the performance or the trees and tree gate all that hubbub that surrounded it admittedly pokemon arceus was a test bed for what we now know is the the current generation scarlet and violet kind of they were developed alongside one another but my time with arceus i i i haven't spent as much time as I probably should with Arceus, admittedly. Um, the I was intrigued by the past aspect, that you were venturing back to the early days of the Sinnoh region. I believe it was Sinnoh. <clears throat> the, the, uh, all the regions kind of have blurred together at this point in my head. But it was, a, it was a neat aspect, but what I had to say I was not a fan of Right from the get-go, I don't. I did not like the whole time traveling thing. That Pokemon God whisked me away from the future with my cell phone and dropped me in the past. Um, I wish that it had simply been me. I grew up in this era, like this was just life. But it wasn't the case. Um, the whole having a magic cell phone thing kind of threw me. But gameplay in general was pretty good. But <clears throat> I want to say. Hmm, looking back, I, w- I probably spent between six and ten hours in it. Like like I said, I did not did not spend a lot of time with um, Pokemon Arceus. Uh, honestly, a lot of my time was spent in um, in January was 
was Final Fantasy. Um, I started out the year trying working to catch up in order to play through Endbringers. So back on January second, I beat Shadow the Shadowbringers campaign of Final Fantasy fourteen. Absolutely loved it. And then the Forge Up Fiesta folks they put on a special one with uh, Final Fantasy seven. So I actually replayed Final Fantasy seven, but in a quote unquote class like playthrough where characters could only basically characters were assigned a specific class and then they could only equip certain materia to um kind of fulfill like the the kinds of class like blue mage i think my cloud was blue mage so he pretty much could only use the enemy skill material and it was a it was a unique way and fun way to replay the game and but honestly i had not replayed the original final fantasy 7 gosh maybe five to ten years like it had been a long time since i played through start to finish the original final fantasy 7 it was a great time to revisit and in an interesting way that really made it unique and stand out um but man the game that surprised me the most outside of pokemon arceus like that was a unique experience but like i said i didn't really grab on what really wowed me in january vampire survivors and now i'm looking back i finished unlocking all the achievements at the time on january 20th and it was three bucks at the time i think it's up to five now this game is this game got shafted so hard at the game awards um like the best indie it, i still believe it should have been on the game of the year running um but yeah oh it's just that dopamine hit and it's just easy to like sink hours into uh it, it's definitely got that one more run vibe to it but <clears throat> even still to this day absolutely love vampire survivors i love playing it in my steam deck i love i occasionally bust it up or busted open for um, just what I'm feeling like. I don't know what I want to play, but I'll go around with Vampire Survivors, and they just constantly add more and more stuff. They recently revealed the, the first big expansion coming out. That's going to be very exciting. But overall, Vampire Survivors was my my game of January, I would say. Um, followed very quickly, very, very closely by Shadowbringers finishing that up. Moving on into February, in terms of big releases that came out in February, let's see. Um, the god-awful Switch Cloud ports of all the Kingdom Hearts games released on February 10th. That was quite a... Um, that wasn't good. Um, we got the Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster released on PC and mobile devices on the 23rd. Excellent an excellent port still think the best aspect of those games is the um the orchestra with the rearranged soundtrack i think the graphics do a good job i and i and i've gotten into discussions and kind of debates on the pixel remasters as a whole uh recently we talked about it on the rpg site game of the year podcast discussion this one came up and um, 
John Phipps and uh, Josh Fagundis and a bunch of us, we just had this debate. And it's like, I don't... I wish the Pixel Remaster games were the most complete and definitive way to play these games. I I do not think they are. Um, I love them. I think they're... I, I think... I, they're really good ports. They're definitely better than the previous PC ports. Um, but missing out on all the added content that were added specifically in the Game Boy Advance releases, it's, um, yeah, they look good. They play good. The fact that they're still locked to PC and mobile, though there is debate that in a couple days the console versions will be announced. But besides the fact they, even when they come to consoles, um, they won't be my favorite ways to play. I think they're great. I think they're great for what they are, and I'm definitely going to buy them again when they come out on console. Hopefully, um, hopefully we'll get a physical version, but judging by how history has handled uh, the previous remasters, 8, 7, 8, 9, and what have you, um, I might have to import physical versions of that, so that's kind of a bummer, but... But yeah, the Pixel Remaster series as a whole was was pretty good. And I do hope that they bring it over to console and maybe one day patch in the, the added stuff. But the big game, though, I played in, uh, in, in February. And I did this for a review for RPG site. It released on February 22nd in North America and February 25th in Europe was Monarch. For PlayStation 4, 5, Switch, and PC. I beat this on the 13th of February. Um, day before... F uh, day before Valentine's Day. I had a lot of hope for Monarch. Um, visually speaking, especially the character art, I thought it was very impressive. The gameplay... I think combat was pretty good. Like, it had a unique and fairly decent tactical grid-based nature to it. But as a whole, I was just really kind of let down and disappointed with Monarch. I think it had promise. I think the series has promise. And if they announce at some point, some, announce at some point a Monarch 2, I'll give it a shot. Uh, I'll be here for it. But, man, just... Some of the themes that were included and repetition, and it was, it 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 was rough. I think I gave it a six. Um, I think that was my final score was a six. Um, but really, that's the game I spent a lot, of, probably the most time. Oh, in Infernax, um, uh, one of the game the game written by. Our, our dear friend of the show, Bond, Hunter Bond, um, he worked on that. And that's a very good game. It, it I don't know if I classify it as an RPG, um, but it's on RPG site list. So we'll leave it. But yes, that was... Oh, and I guess there was this little game called Elden Ring uh, that released at the end of the month. Oh man, what a what a cultural phenomenon that game turned into. Um, obviously, at this point, we all know that it ended up winning Game of the Year at the Game Awards. 
numerous, numerous accolades on many sites. It's top of game of the year on many sites. It is so... It's it's one of those games that borderline broke into mainstream. Um, like, I can't think of it appearing on like your normal news shows. And I think at that point, like once a game, any game appears in like your local news for whatever reason, that's when it goes like really mainstream. I will say though that, uh, well, no, I, I think it went mainstream. Let me, let me rephrase. I don't think it became, <clears throat> it didn't take over the, the common zeitgeist in kind of, break out of the gaming sphere i think it just appealed to many and brought in new people that perhaps hadn't played souls games absolutely wonderful game i honestly still haven't beaten it um but that's not unusual for me and souls games but elden ring what a what a genre defining or redefining game it's i'm so glad it's getting a notoriety it's like i I, i've dabbled in god of war ragnarok uh for a few hours and the production quality is no doubt astounding like they did a great job but without the snow i don't know if i could tell ragnarok versus god of war 2018 whether it's in terms of gameplay um obviously atreus has a deeper voice but like if that wasn't the case and honestly if there wasn't like snow someplace i don't know if i could really pick out two screenshots from which one's 2018 and which one is ragnarok um not to say that it's not a good game i just think elden ring did a lot more for games and kind of broke out um interview more so than god of war everyone knew god of war was going to be good i don't think that was a question elden ring i think a lot of people were apprehensive about it it's like can it really is it worth the wait that we had with it and it ended up being worth the wait in a lot of people's eyes myself included but yep monarch and elden ring those were those were my games for uh for the February, the, the month of love. Now we head into March 2022. Now this month, let's take a big one right off the bat. Coming in hot right at the beginning of the month. Triangle Strategy, Square Enix's glorious return to the strategy RPG genre. Utilizing their gorgeous and constantly improving and refined hd2d engine i still need to beat this funny enough this game turned into my travel game like it seems like i only really sink more time into it after like when i'm traveling um and i love it i don't know why i only stick with it when it's when i'm traveling but i do um and it's glorious great gameplay wonderful cast i wish you could change people's or characters classes but still wonderful wonderful time 
anxious to see the series continue to evolve. Always good to see the HD2D engine. Absolutely loved it. Uh, well, I absolutely love it. Uh, and one day I will finish it. Maybe over break, depending on what else I got going. But Triangle Strategy, bravo. Eventually it came to Steam, so that was very cool. But it, yeah, it was such... Triangle Strategy like broke the the lock off the door that was holding back strategy RPGs for the year of 2022. And it did not slow down. Um, the other games that came out was the uh, train wreck dumpster fire that was Babylon's Fall. That came out a day before Triangle Strategy. You had dot hack gu last recode releasing its switch port on march 11th that's cool that was a pretty good um package back when i played it on ps4 and i heard the switch copy was pretty pretty good too um the other big game another game that i reviewed for rpg site was stranger of paradise final fantasy origin aka chaos the game this was fun. It's it's like fantasy, Final Fantasy meets Neo, and I love both those things. Um, and they've since updated it, and we've had the Bahamut DLC and Gilgamesh DLC at this point. I don't know if the third one's out yet, but constantly adding things, new features. Um, it was a pleasant surprise. It turned out better than I thought it was going to do. Um, my biggest gripe was probably too much loot back in back in the early days uh it just got un uh, unrelenting um story was okay it didn't what super wow me but it was good i mean it was it was passable it, it served it served its need uh where it needed to one of the my biggest not gripes but let down no it's not even a letdown my biggest regret i would say is not really getting to experience stranger of paradise multiplayer because i think this game probably most out of the games i played this year um i wanted to play multiplayer like i wanted to get a group together to do the really hard stuff and it just never came to pass and with it coming out so early in the year and so many other games coming out the rest of the year, it just never, never really turned out to happen. Still good. Um, I'll be anxious to see if Square continues the series. Part of me wouldn't be surprised if they do, just because I think it did do fairly okay. But yeah, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, better than I was expecting. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, that released the kind of high fantasy version of borderlands that released on march 25th i didn't really get to it until april when i got it for my birthday um i i finished it which says a lot more which says a lot considering i really couldn't keep stick with borderlands 3 i wish they had dropped the gun aspect and more really leaned more heavily into the fantasy um but overall, I thought it was—I thought it was okay. Um, sounds like it sold super gangbusters, so I imagine we are going to be. I think they even announced that this was going to be a series now. But yeah, um, it was good. I thought it was better than Borderlands Three. Um, 
I think my biggest disappointment with that game is you never saw or really partied up with Wanda Sykes or Andy Samberg's characters. They just talked, which is not the tabletop RPG experience. So hopefully if we do get another Wonderlands game, we'll actually get um, NPC uh, players at the table. We now break into April 2022 officially. We had yet another release of Godfall, Godfall Ultimate Edition. Um, that was that. Um, the other big game, I would say, from April was Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers Edition. That released on April 7th. This is the kind of, kind of remaster of um, Chrono Cross. I haven't played it. I've bought it, but I have not finished yet. Uh, but I haven't even started it up yet. Um, but yeah, it's Chrono Trigger and it, or excuse me, Chrono Cross. I know performance was kind of lacking, and a lot of people had issues with it. So I'm hoping when I eventually do play it, it's a little better. But we'll see. Um, but a couple of the big games I did beat in April was Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. I finally, at long last, for the first time in my life, caught up with an MMORPG story. Finally. It's never been done before. I played EverQuest. I played Guild Wars. I played The Old Republic. I played WoW for a bit. I played... Final Fantasy XIV since it came out. I was a day one adopter. It only took me like 15 years or like 10 years or whatever it was. But finally was caught up and I've actually stayed caught up. No, I'm not like all super kitted out, but yeah, it was real good. And I have to say, I enjoyed the like Naruto-like fist fight at the end of Endwalker. And I enjoyed Endwalker. I thought it was very good. I'm very much looking forward to... Uh, the next story DLC. I think they actually just released um, key art for it today. So, soon enough. Soon enough. And the day after that, so I beat Final Fantasy and, or I beat Endwalker on the 7th, according to my Twitter thread. And then on the 8th, I finished my replay through of the Mass Effect 1 on the Legendary Condition. So, that was cool. Um, still great. Still janky as fuck. Still hate the Mako. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Mass Effect. Great game. Uh, I started then Mass Effect 2, but I never actually beat it. Now, in May, let's see. What else came out in May? We got another uh, NIS collection. This one, uh, Volume 2. This came with Makai Kingdom and ZHP, Unlosing Ranger vs. Dark Death Evil Man. Did not play this, but it is on my game shelf. Um, yeah, um, Rogue Legacy 2 came out. I don't know if this was this month, but apparently, according to my thread, I did beat it this month. Um, as uh, guide work. I did guide work for um, IGN for Rogue Legacy 2. And honestly, it was the first roguelike I've beaten. Like, I, I did a full um, playthrough, but I haven't, like, gone back and done more. Um, 
but yeah salt and sacrifice the series or the sequel to salt and sanctuary released on may 10th i have not yet picked that up um brigadine legend of runercia um released on pc on the 11th um but yeah none of the no real big games released in may um rpg wise from what i am seeing so we're gonna just move straight on into june now june saw um star wars knights of the old republic Republic 2 sith lords launching on switch on june 8th reviewed that i thought that was pretty good um diablo immortal launched on mobile and pc on the second never got into that i don't want any anything to do with that um uh, Fire Emblem Warrior, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes released on June twenty fourth. That's the um, Dynasty Warriors esque sequel slash spin off slash side story um, featuring Fire Emblem characters. This time focusing more on um, like an alternate retelling of Three Houses. Um, I do not, I have not played this, and I do not own it yet. Actually, I actually still need to beat Three Houses. So. One of the games that did come out, that uh, smaller indie title that was very, was kind of ogre battle-y, uh, mixed with Fire Emblem, which I thought was very impressive, was Symphony War, the Nephilim Saga. I reviewed that for RPG site after f- checking it out at PAX West. I think it was West. Yeah. No, it was East. PAX, PAX East. Um yeah really impressive really liked it great sprite work made by like one or two guys uh using a highly like hyper modified version of the um rpg maker incredibly incredibly passive impressive but yeah uh yes it was good it was very good um give it a check out honestly i and we'll talk about this in a few months time in the later on in the episode but I'm a big fan of Ogre Battle series or the Ogre series, and I think it's one of those series that desperately needs to come back and get a new entry because it kind of back in the day it adopted a similar name numbering system as um, Star Wars did. So it started with like Episode Five, I think it was, or Episode Four. Um, but we need the rest of the games, so hopefully we'll get them. But yeah, I want to say Symphony of the War was was probably my big game of June. Uh, uh, another game, not an RPG, well, kind of an RPG, was TMNT Shadows Revenge. Holy crap, a god-tier game. One of the best. Ninja Turtles had a very, very strong year. Um, and yeah, Star Wars KOTOR 2, it had issues at launch, but much like the the first switch port i think it is a very good way to play kotor games on switch and you should give it a try out and now we move on into july where there we had some big ones here in july so from the get-go Celasta crown of the magister released on xbox platforms on july 5th a very good um probably double a maybe single a studio um isometric using the fifth edition srd standard rule uh whatever um very very good game been out on pc for a long time but finally made its way to p on 
finally made its way to the Xbox platform the day after the 4th of July. Very exciting. On July 22nd, Live a Live finally released in the U.S. and everywhere in this ground-up HD 2D remake from Square Enix. It's super impressive. I know a lot of people that love this game um, and, and its approach and what it does and, and everything. I have... I have... Tr like, the whole broken up narratives that are very disjointed that don't really turn into a single story um doesn't do it for me um it's why i, I had it's been hard for me to jump into a lot of the saga games because it adopts a similar system um it's why octopath traveler i love a lot of it but i i wish it was more intertwined um but live a live i just i tried wasn't quite my thing i still bought it 100 percent still supported it um i think that's just as important um but <clears throat> excuse me i'm i'm very glad the world finally got an official localization of live a live live alive live a live however you pronounce it um Whenever I booted it up, though, all I kept thinking is, man, I wish this was Bahamut Lagoon. <laughs> um, that's the game I, I desperately want them to release. In a similar style like this, I think it could be very good, but I just... Give me my Bahamut Lagoon, hopefully next. That's honestly part of why I bought Live a Live. Uh, but yeah, still a good game. I know a lot of people that absolutely love it. So give your do yourself do yourself a favor. Try it yourself. You might like it too. Next up, arguably the biggest day of the month, in in my opinion, biggest day of the month. We'll start with the the lower one. Um, Digimon Survivor. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I think it's a beautiful looking game. I know it was touted as also a visual novel or mostly digital visual novel with tactic RPG elements I, I still can't get into visual novels i just i can't do it and i know rpgs are very visual visual novel or virtual novel um like because of all the writing i just i've never been able to get into visual novels it i like i like books and i like video games and rpgs but when you combine them my brain just goes nah this this ain't doing it fam um, visually speaking, Digimon Survive is wonderful, and I'm glad it seems to have done decent sales for what Bandai Namco wanted. I think they just posted, what was it, half a million? 250, maybe it was 250,000 sales. Um, but yeah, just, just give me new, another Cyber Squad, or Cyber Sleuth, please. Um, those games are very good. Those games were very good. Um, Digimon Survive, though, I put a few hours, probably maybe 10 to 15 hours into it. But, man, this next game, whew, it's up there as one of my games of the year, no doubt. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, holy crap. Coming out on the same day as Digimon Survive did, it did no favors for Digimon. Um, but, holy moly, was Xenoblade Chronicles 3 good. 
I love this game. It for the previous Xenoblade games, I think it's had both of them have cool mechanics, but I think they get in their get in its own way a lot of times. I think especially to do big damage, I feel like they to do really big damage, it was more complex than it needed to be. And I in Xenoblade Chronicles three was just complex enough but not overly so i thought it was like mm, so good so nice but oh xenoblade i love i love the soundtrack i love the story i know some people thought it like faltered at the end but i thought it was i thought it was so strong the side characters the side missions the views the vistas the ah, so good and i can't wait for the dlc um story stuff very excited for that um man so funny thing about digimon survive and xenoblade chronicles 3 so it it, it actually kind of worked out because the, the weekend that these came out my wife actually went on for a girl's trip and i had to stay home and t also take care of my my shiba my doge uh who had was recovering from a knee surgery so it was a lot of just sitting on the floor next to my dog playing xenoblade chronicles 3 for like an entire weekend <laughs> it was i it, it will be something i will always remember and associate with xenoblade and and really digimon but especially xenoblade because i beat that it's very good it took me a little bit of time to beat it but who i i did in fact i did beat it and it is very good um yeah, I beat it. So, let's see. July. Um Yeah, it's just it's just super good. Super good. Um Oh, just so good. Um and I also played through um castlevania circle of the moon i beat that that month i beat that in july that was very good revisiting in the castlevania advanced collection hopefully we'll get a ds collection one day because those games are equally as epic and awesome but yes super super good um and yes i beat xeno i would go on to beat take me just under a month to beat xenoblade chronicles 3 i according to my records beat xenoblade chronicles 3 on august 25th of 2022 so very very good but speaking of august some other games came out that month we had fantasy star new genesis fantasy star online new genesis finally made its way to playstation platforms on the 31st of august so the end of the month nis released their classics volume 3 on the 30th as well including rhapsody musical adventure and la pucelle ragnarok um, SD Gundam Battle Alliance came out, kind of like an action RPG-like thing. Um, dabbled in that a bit. I picked it up on PC, and it run, runs real good, runs real good on Steam Deck. So that's really what I played a lot of it on. And Soul Hackers 2 came out. I own it. It's sealed on my game shelf right next to me, but I have not yet started it. Uh, maybe I'll, I want to, though. I enjoy them, but 
just lots of things to play. I was still, I mean, I was working through Xenoblade at the time. It was, it was just a lot, but still very good. Um, got pretty, pretty okay scores, uh, seven and eights. Um, yeah, glad it came out. Bought it to support it. Always good to for more SMT games in any f method or any format or style. But yes, always, always good to have it released. Now, September rolled around, and this had one of my most anticipated games of the year by far. Um, and other than that, I mean, we got another voice of voice of cards game. I think this would be Burden was the third game. And they just would randomly come out. Um, the Deal Field Chronicle. Uh, I would go on to play this maybe end of September, but it released to the masses on September 22nd. But the big game, or Valkyria Elysium, also released on September 29th. I hear very good things about the combat in that game, but the rest is kind of meh. But the big game, my big game, the game I, I, I reviewed it, I had been looking forward to it. Honestly, right after I record this, I'm going on another podcast to talk about this game. And this would be The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero, a.k.a. Zero no Kiseki, a.k.a. the first game in the Crossbell arc, finally releasing officially in the West on September 27th with Lloyd and crew, the other members of the Crossbell um, special support section. Um, it's such a good game. Like, uh, it's uh it's i would recommend i did a a whole i i believe alex was on yeah alex came on uh my assistant professor um and we came out because he reviewed this for ip irrational passions and i reviewed it for rpg site and we did a whole rpgu episode on trails from zero so i highly recommend you go check that out but yeah, oh, so good. And then we have, we're getting double trails next year um, with Reverie and Trails uh, to Z uh, Trails to Azure. Very excited about those. But yeah, I would just say, do yourself a favor. If you if, if you played this game, you know what's so great about it. If you haven't played it, Trails from Zero is the best, in my opinion, the best starting point for new players. Just because it's super easy to play play it either on switch or pc trying to avoid the ps4 if you can but if you can't still worth playing and it gives you a good taste of the series but it's still a really well contained story and you don't spoil your spoil yourself too much by starting here as it as you would starting with like trails from cold steel one like i did um and then after you're hooked Definitely go play Trails on the Sky, first chapter, second chapter, the third, Trails of Cold Steel, Trails into Reverie next year, Trails to Azure. It'll be amazing, because you're amazing, and Trails from Zero is just as amazing. And then when you're done, go watch, go listen to the RPG RPGU episode where we talk all about it. It's a great episode, and Alex is a rock star, and it's always good to talk to them. And yeah, go play some Trails, everybody. Uh, support the series. It's wonderful. It's super, super good. At this point, we move into the spooky time of year with October of 2022. Now, this one had some good games, some 
some pretty good indie titles, some good surprise games, even from uh, out of Nintendo, and some kind of stinkers, some wonderful ports as well. We started off with Triangle Strategy, like I mentioned earlier, got its PC release on October 30th, or excuse me, 13th, a really, really cool Dragon Age meets Fire Emblem game indie title released on October 30th. Now, I had originally checked this out at PAX and talked with a developer and then really enjoyed it and then I got the ended up doing the review for it but this was Lost Eidolons on PC and it's coming to Xbox I want to say early in 2023 um but yeah very Fire Emblem heavy but has a lot of really unique and different mechanics that set it apart from Nintendo's fantasy offering the aesthetic is very much a um, a, a Dragon Age kind of more realistic, gritty-esque tone meets Fire Emblem. Really, really enjoyed it. Considering this was the team's first big release, even more impressive. Um, it's it's an inc- incredibly impressive game that they've continued to this time. Like to this day, they've been releasing new stuff. They're coming, like I said, they're coming to Game Pass. I believe, don't hundred percent quote me on that, but I'm like ninety nine percent sure. Um, and Xbox, I hope they do incredibly well there. But Lost Idolans, give it a look at if you are a fan of Fire Emblem games. Um, and want a bit, and you will, and you've always wanted a bit more complexity or depth to the RPG mechanics. Um. Marion Rabbit Sparks of Hope released on Switch on October 20th. Now, this is the sequel, the follow-up to Marion Rabbit's Kingdom Battle that came out a number of years ago. The XCOM Mario plus Rabbids crossover that r- works really well but shouldn't work. Um, really impressive. They I haven't invested too, too much time. I think I've played like a couple, hand, couple levels. I still need to beat the original one. But another wonderful, wonderful game. I think this one, um, it won a Best Tactical or Strategy Game Award, I want to say, at Game Awards. It won some award, which was very good. Um, We also saw Persona 5 Royal getting released on PlayStation 5, Xbox, Switch, and PC on the 21st. It's Persona 5. It's a wonderful game. You should play it if you haven't already. You probably did play it already, but still worth checking out again if you haven't. Um, another game that I spent a lot of time with and I reviewed that I came away far more impressed with and enjoyed a lot more than I was uh, expecting to, considering the previous game I really did not like. But Star Ocean, Divine Force, not the prettiest game by far. Um... But gameplay-wise, this was it, it. It was fun. It brought back a lot of the splendor, I guess. Like I loved being able to dash and move around and kind of fly through the air, and kind of the exploration aspects. And I thought the combat was good. I thought the like the the skill tree systems and everything in Divine Force was done very well. Even though if the aesthetics of the UI at launch were very small but coming off of 
integrity and faithlessness, which I thought was honestly garbage. Um, yeah, Divine Force, I just, I loved. I very much enjoyed it. I believe I gave it an 8 in my review on um, RPG site. A 7 or 8. Um, pr pr pretty good score, especially for a... Honestly, it was a it was a surprise title. It, it kind of came out of nowhere, and it it was fun, and it did a good job. And I'm hoping that Divine Force spells the return of the Star Ocean series. I think as a a longtime Tales fan, Star Ocean is basically the sci-fi cousin of Tales, and it's a, it's a franchise that it deserves better than what it's gotten in recent years. And can we please get that remastered version of Second Story, please? I thought the remastered version that released on PS4 and Switch of the the first game was amazing. And I just, I just really want the second one now. So, but those were the, the big games... The big RPGs that I really set a lot of time into, or sank a lot of time into, back in uh, back in October. Um, yeah, pretty much Star Ocean and Lost Idolans were the were the big ones. Um, big shout out to though Near Automata End of Yorha Edition on Switch, which while I haven't played it myself, that game performs far better than I think anyone expected it to. Or really had any right to. Um, super, super impressive. Also, another shout-out is Ask Lieber Revision, which um, I've recently started. I've dabbled in, in a little. I think I've gotten five or six hours into it. But Josh over at RPG site absolutely fell in love with it. There We have a amazing interview with the, uh, the developer over at Kazo over at RPG site, so give that a check out. But, yeah, very impressive action RPG side-scrolling title on Steam. It's also coming to other platforms later. But, yes, Est Libra Revision, very fun. Give that a check out. And also give Star Ocean Divine Force a check out. Now, we are getting in... We are headlong into fall now with November of 2022 with this one let's see the big ones are we had a couple really strong remakes come out this year or come out this month we had a uh, front mission first remake the remake of the first front mission game releasing that released on November 30th on switch we had the ps5 port of east 8 lacrimosa of Donna that released on November 15th in North America and November 18th of, in Europe. We had the, um, probably the game I sank the most time into this, uh, back in November, Tactics Ogre Reborn, released on PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC on November 11th. Harvestella, which is like a mix of Final Fantasy and Harvest Moon, that released on early in the month on November 4th. Um, World of Warcraft Dragonflight released on the 28th, the latest War WoW expansion, which I think has been, I think it was received better than the more recent past couple. Um, and of course, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, we'll start with that one. This, 
it's a shame that Pokemon Scarlet in in I, I want to say Pokemon Company and Game Freak need to ask for help. Um I don't if you've been living under a rock or you're not super familiar, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the latest generation of Pokemon, is an open world game somewhat similar and honestly more expanded than Arceus back in January. But it Game Freak, I feel, doesn't know how to handle 3D open worlds. And with the numerous glitches and bugs and performance drops and, and you name it, so many things kind of issue-wise here in Scarlet and Violet. It, it's a shame because I think there there is a lot here to love. It is a really intriguing look at the future of the franchise. But with the likes of... I mean, just off the top of my head, Xenoblade 3, right? Came out earlier in the year, also for Switch. That performs so much better and looks so much better. I mean, Monolith Soft has helped with, they helped with Breath of the Wild. I believe they're also helping with Tears of the Kingdom. Game Freak needs to rely on the other, needs to bring in and allow assistance from other big name first and second party Nintendo developers to help them with this. At this point, it, it's I don't know if better Switch hardware would solve all the problems that were in Scarlet and Violet. And it's and I think my opinion is that Pokemon suffers from or is cons deals with a timing situation that does not allow it to be pushed much like really any other Nintendo platform or property. And I think this has a lot to do with the fact that Pokemon is such a multimedia empire at this point, not just a video game property, like your Zelda, like your Mario, which arguably is far more multimedia now with the movie and everything in the theme parks, but still not, none of those are beholden to the games or Star Fox, Metroid, etc., etc. Whereas with Pokemon... The animes rely on the new games, manga, the cards, all sorts of merchandise. And I think it's just harder or potentially impossible for them to push back in order to make the game better. And that's a shame because a lot of the marketing, well not marketing, I don't want to say marketing, but a lot of the press around this game especially when it first came out having known people that reviewed the game it's so much of what they talked about it was yeah this is a fun game but there, there was always that but if there was something positive they were someone was saying about pokemon there was always a but after that whether it was but 
my game glitched and then suddenly I was flying around. Or, but uh, this or that happened. Or, but the frame rate is like 15 frames per second in some sections. It, it's a shame, and I, and I don't believe that the Switch hardware is alone to blame because of things like, as I mentioned earlier, um, because of like Xenoblade, because of Near Automata, Yorha Edition. There are games that are visually and technically, if from the outside anyway, more complex than Pokemon. <laughs> and it just chugs. Online is fun. I think it does a lot. I think it, it nailed many aspects to make a really good cooperative Pokemon experience. I don't like the level gating kind of aspect. Like, yes, you can go anywhere, but levels don't really scale to you. That's kind of a bummer. But it's, it, it is a positive outlook on the future, I feel, for the franchise. Um... But before we get into the game that I honestly sank the most time into, we'll look at Front Mission First Remake. This was a, this is a game remake of a, a 3D remake of a Super Famicom game that later, I think, potentially in Japan got a PlayStation 1 remake. Don't quote me on that. But then eventually made its way for the first time over in the West on the DS. Strategy, tactical grid-based RPG with mechs, and I haven't sank too much time into this yet. I'm still very early on in the game. I think I've done one or two missions. Um, it's one of the, my, my side games, but glad to have it. I'm really, really thrilled that it got remade, that it's brought it back over here, bought it to, su to support it. Um, looking forward to both the second and the third remakes that are coming out next year. But yeah, it, it, it's a classic that definitely feels its age. Um, they did not do much, if anything, to update it, though there is a classic and kind of a more modern version you can you can choose. Um, but yeah, Front Mission First Remake, fun game from the past. Good to see. Good to see it come back. Hopefully we get a good new entry in the franchise. But yes, Tactics Ogre reborn now this got leaked thanks to a playstation page it's it was in the nvidia leak people knew about it but it finally released um back on the 11th of november man it's this series it's with the addition of the stellar absolutely stellar voice work and lines being voiced now to the up pixel art, to the gameplay, to the story. This this is just such a good game. And it, it, it fills my heart with happiness that the Ogre franchise might be getting new life breathed into it. I remember the week that this came out. It was ranked right below Sonic Frontiers. Um, unlike the Steam charts. And it's like, yes, that's what I like to see. And hopefully, fingers crossed, this will get enough interest back in the franchise 
that we will get brand new entries. Hopefully, who knows, maybe we'll get reborn entries of Ogre Battle March of the Black Queen or Tactics Ogre Knights of Lotus that was on Game Boy Advanced. Um, I would love a port of Ogre Battle 64. Um, just so, such a good remaster slash remake. And I have, I have loved it. I continue to love it, and you should all play it if you are a fan of tactical RPGs. But with that, you will, that brings us into December of this year, this month. So let's take a look. December is gifting RPG fans a number of remasters and a couple pretty good brand new titles to experience. On the remastered front, on December 1st, we open the month up with Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remastered. This is the remastered version of the PS2 game, which was a remake of the first Romancing Saga game. I pr I'm pretty sure that's the fact, or I, I think that's the string of events. I have not played this yet myself. I'm anxious to. Saga has always been one of those... Square franchises, I have had issues and kind of troubles getting into. Um, but maybe in 2023, I will I will give it the old college try once again and see if I can get into it. The Witcher 3 received its PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S um, update patch. Um, haven't played that yet. That literally just came out yesterday in, in, at time of recording. But... Um, might give that a try because I never actually beat Witcher. I got distracted by Gwent. Uh, I am one of those people. Marvel Midnight Suns released on December second. Now this was a game that I toured, that I was flown out to check out back in the summertime, and in was and came away very impressed with it. It was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. I have not played the final the final build of it. Um, but I did get to spend about four and a half, five hours with the game back in the summer, and it was fun. And I'm, this one's on my Christmas list, so uh, we'll see if I end up getting it. But I am definitely interested to play the final product, and I've heard nothing but really good things about it, which is good to see. Because I mean, Firaxis, Firaxis Games makes good stuff, consistently good stuff, and it's. I'm glad. I know there was a lot of uncertainty excuse me uh around this game when it was first announced especially as being a card battler but um yeah i'm i'm anxious to play the final game um indie game chained echoes released on playstation platforms xbox platforms switch and pc on december 8th i've heard nothing but glowing things about this game um it's on game pass it is on my list of games i definitely need to check out um Dragon Quest Treasures released on December 9th. The spinoff featuring Eric and Mia from Dragon Quest XI uh, is a Switch exclusive as of right now. And it looks fun. Um, looks like an action RPG kind of dungeon delving experience. Also a game on my wish list for Christmas. So who knows? Maybe Santa will gift it to me. Um, but yeah, looks fun. Sports Story is towards the end of the month, I believe, along with Valkyrie Profile Lineth. At time of recording, those neither of those have released, um, but looking forward to both of those as well. In, now, in terms of games I have played, though, 
Crisis Core Final Fantasy Reunion recently released this past week on December 13th for PlayStation platforms, Xbox platforms, Switch, and PC, and this was a lot of fun. This was a game I also reviewed on RPG site along with helping where I helped with guides. It is a very strong remaster offering from Square Enix. It is graphically hands down its remake, but mechanically speaking outside of the combat which combat has seen a a a big upgrade thanks in no small part to extra buttons on the controller but the underlying mechanical structure and how the game is put together still very much feels like a psp game from the um from the 2000s um both to its its pluses and in minuses um pros and cons Still a great game. Um, really, really enjoyed it. There's nothing really new to it. I was hoping there was going to be some sort of new video or new ending or something you could lock to kind of hint or tease at what's coming with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but unless that was not the case. Still, though, if you are a fan of Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, a fan of the original Crisis Core, this is a must-play and do yourself a favor and go play Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. It is very good. It is very fun. It is really well done as well. That brings us to really where we are right now. The end of the year, only a couple weeks away. But I'm always interested what you've been playing. What memories you've shared. What memories you have of a game. So I wanted to hear what other people have been playing this past year, what other games they've been playing, new or old, doesn't matter. But now it's time to go around the web. We start things off with user Radinax from Reddit. They say, playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Everything was fantastic. The amazing music, the great, great combat system. After those bad combats in the previous games, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a lot more fun. The story and characters were great. Their development was amazing too. So yeah, overall my favorite moment was playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I would say Elden Ring, but my expectations were sky high, so I was expecting greatness and got greatness. But with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I expected something more mediocre and got very surprised. Yeah, it's... I know the other Xenoblade Chronicles were a bit... uh, Some people... You, I feel like you either loved them or were kind of turned off by them. Um, Radinax, I'm very glad you also loved Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I'm a, I would say I was kind of in the same boat to a far lesser extent. Like I was expecting it to be good. I just was not expecting it to be so good. Um, and Elden Ring, even though my expe- expectations were high with what, everything they showed... I would say I was still left quite impressed with how well they they managed to pull it off. But Xenoblade and Elden Ring, both great games. Completely agree with you with about with all your points made with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I'm glad you loved both of them, and I hope you have a wonderful 2023. Next up, we have user Sofaris from Reddit. They say, My favorite JRPG and favorite video game in general is Fuga Melodies of Steel. 
It's a 20-hour-long turn-based JRPG about a group of animal children that go on a quest to save their families. It was released in 2021. I bought it in March of this year. The coming weekend, I will finish my 11th playthrough of this game. It presses all the right buttons on me. I have a soft spot for cute, wholesome characters. The children of the Tanis are exactly that. My inner child is strong in me, and the characters and story of Fuga make it feel like it's a playable kid's anime, akin to something like Digimon. I love that feeling. I love the gameplay and music. I was lukewarm towards the characters at first, but they grew on me a lot. Now, they're from my favorite JRPG party. I'm also fascinated with the child soldier trope, and I love the way Fuga handles it. It strikes a balance taking it seriously, but not making it super depressing all the time like Madoka Magica. Talking with a party that is inflicted with the depression status effect sometimes gives the impression that they suffer from PTSD. The game is good at making me feel the struggle and the hardships. I'm not sure if that's the right way to phrase it, English isn't my first language, but on the other hand, the children overcome those struggles, and there's courage, there's resourcefulness and through support of one another. That balance is perfect for me. I can enjoy more lighthearted stuff, but I don't like it if it's one-sided dark. Yeah, it, the Fuga series, and I'm, and I'm glad you enjoyed it so much and it spoke to you so much, Sopharis, and you did wonderfully as uh, English not being your second language, or first language, so bravo. Um, really, you were, you were perfectly fine. Um... But Fuga is one of those series that I've never gotten into, or um, Solar Tabaro, or Tales Concerto. Um, it's one of those series I've always been intrigued by, but I've never dove in myself. Um, but with what you're saying, it definitely intrigues me and makes me think that uh, maybe I should try and set aside some time and, uh, devo and, and devote some time to this series. I know a lot of people love it. But thank you for submitting. Next up, we have user Independent Cress 1109 from Reddit. Favorite JRPGs of the year? Elder Ring, Elden Ring and Exploring Its World. Not sure if the game counts, lol. Xenoblade 3. Whenever, white, whenever Weight of Life plays, which is a sin how underused the track is. And of course, the end of Chapter 5. I agree, Chapter 5 is fantastic in that game. Adelir Sophie 2. I'm so glad they went back to turn-based and the grid alchemy in this one. Had a ton of fun spending hours crafting stuff again and farming bosses for ingredients. The fact that I also love Sophie as the main character also helps. Persona 5 Royal, finally after years of just watching people play this, I can finally do my own run on PC and thankfully still mostly blind on the Royal editions. Loved it and finished it in two weeks. Yeah, Atelier is one of those, also, another one of those games that I have, I've bought the Rorona series, um, I think that's Arland, I think the remote Rorona games are Arland, the Alchemists of Arland trilogy, um, way back when I did a review of Eska and Lodgy, uh, and, and I've heard nothing but good things about Sophie, the Sophie trilogy. Yeah, it's on it's on my um list of games to get to when I retire. Um but great thank you so much for sharing Independent Cress. Um wonderful, wonderful games. Um 
and Xenoblade end of chapter five completely agree with you. So thank you so much for sharing. You next up, user Acumen fourteen from Reddit. They say triangle strategy. I had very modest expectations, and it ended up being something of a modern classic. I'm not sure about moments, but protecting the Roselle in various situations where it was made clear there would be repercussions always felt great. Also, clearing Chapter 18 in the Golden Route felt like a real achievement. Yeah, the Triangle Strategies was a really, really strong offering from Square, especially jumping back into the t strategy RPG genre after so long. I hope we get another one um, that maybe doesn't force you into the scale mechanic. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but overall, triangle, triangle strategy, everything I've played of it, I have I have very much enjoyed. So thank you for sharing. User Balak67 from Reddit, they say, The last couple of years, I barely played JRPGs, but a couple months ago, I suddenly got the urge to play some. I finished Tales of Berseria and Star Ocean The Last Hope and loved both games. My favorite moment was when I finished Star Ocean 4 and the whole sequence of the final boss plus the ending took what felt like four amazing hours. My roommate, who was watching halfway through, thought I was watching a movie. Pretty great finish to the game. Yeah. And that it's... I think that's one of the things I love most about RPGs is... I dare say the good ones are timeless. Um... You, that you can come back and play them years later and either find brand new things to love or rediscover what you loved in the first place. But it's a uh, it's an amazing genre, and I appreciate you going back and playing some amazing ones. I absolutely love Tales of Berseria, Balak, and I'm glad you did too. Next up we have... User Panda Pajamas 17 from Reddit, they say, This year I had a blast playing short, niche, unique RPGs. The Live a Live remake had simple, charming stories with amazing mu music by Yoko Shimomura. Panzer Dragoon Saga had incredible world building in a unique setting. And my favorite was Kodelka, which blended a survival horror vibe and creepy environment with JRPG systems. Absolutely awesome games. Glad you loved Live a Live. Glad you supported it. Haven't played any of the Panzer Dragoon Saga games, but I've heard nothing but good things. And Kodelka is one of those games I desperately want to play because I love the Shadow Hearts games. And the Shadow Hearts games are sequels to Kodelka. But Kodelka is so expensive. Like, Kodelka really needs to be released as a digital game or re-released because I would love to experience it. Um... But I'm very, very happy for you for uh, that you enjoyed Kodelka Panda Pajamas. I highly recommend, if you are able, seek out the Shadow Hearts games and play those too if you enjoyed Kodelka. And lastly, this week, we have user Lava Yuki from Reddit. They say, This was a year I got the Platinum in Final Fantasy X. I played it like eight years ago, so coming back to it after all these years and achieving the Platinum was a happy moment for me, as it was my very first JRPG ever, and what got me into Final Fantasy as well. Well, congratulations, Lava Yuki, on your Platinum. That is quite the achievement. Well, I guess technically it's quite the trophy, but Final Fantasy X is an amazing game 
an amazing gateway into the world of both Final Fantasy and JRPGs. And I can't wait to hear what you platinum next. But thank you to each and every one of you who submitted your favorite RPGs and moments from 2022 that you had. I very much enjoyed reading them as and as always down in the show notes you can find links to the subreddit where you can share your own games favorite games from the year and what your favorite achievements were now as this is kind of closing in on the end of the year this is how things are going to work now this week we have this episode next week on thursday uh december 22nd starting at 8 p.m eastern i will be doing a just kind of a chill live stream over on uh, Twitch, be sure to follow Twitch or be be sure to follow tw- uh, at underscore RPG University on Twitter to find the link for that when it goes up. But it'll start at 8 p.m. Eastern and go till about 11 p.m. Eastern. And then on December 29th, that is the Thursday after, we will be concluding with a a similar episode to this one, but instead of looking back, we'll be looking ahead. RPGs that will be coming out in the next year to look forward to. And going into 2023, RPG University will be returning to the bi-weekly format, but don't worry, that doesn't mean you will be losing out on your weekly RPG goodness. Instead, normal podcast episodes will instead be bi-weekly, but on off weeks, it will be subs- uh, subsidized with a live stream that will be taking place um, probably on Wednesday evenings instead of Thursdays, but that'll all get nailed out. Where I hang out perhaps with a guest and we just play RPGs and shoot the shit and talk. So look forward to that coming in the new year. Kind of basically a return of RPG University Live. But that is going to do it for this episode, everybody, of RPG University. I hope you enjoyed it, and thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with your hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at ProfessorRPG. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.